Hey guys, welcome to part two of Fatherhood is Everything. And I am still joined by... Shege, Shege. Angie Morenga. Dokas Karanja. George Thara. And I am Francis Mutua. And um, in the first conversation, we really dwelt on the biological father and then went a bit into leadership. Mm-hmm. And today I feel like we are going to expound some more on leadership on all aspects. Um, uh, we're going to tackle a bit of church. <laughs> we are going to tackle a bit of marketplace uh, and just leadership in general. And the thing that uh, to me leaps out, talking about fatherhood in, in leadership and even in the marketplace, is that a lot of fathers have actually um, curtailed uh, their children. Um, when, we, when we hear about bosses harassing the people under their charge, um, what usually happens is that now the trauma takes the place of the purpose of that person, who, what they were supposed to do in that place, and that becomes their legacy. Um, and we are not in a shortage of that. And it, unfortunately, it's also ubiquitous in uh, marketplace, in church, in, in leadership, in country leadership. And um, yeah, so fatherhood is still everything, even in the marketplace. And um, today we're just going to talk how about how, how would we get this right? You're looking at me, looking baby. Why are you giving me I might be in a lot of trouble, Motua, from doing this thing. But I was just, it's because I was having a vision in my spirit. I was just seeing how, it's like how people are trying to, I'm feeling like time, trying to come up. Then we pound them back into position, you know? Mm. It's like they're trying to peep their heads out. We conquer that head till it goes back inside. So I feel that happens in the marketplace and it happens in church a lot that whenever we see somebody who is rising, because I'm thinking a father is supposed to help you rise. Mm. So father is supposed to see your potential, draw it out, even a leader, father leadership, same thing. Draw out your potential, help you lead, and um, help you succeed or to fulfill your purpose, your destiny, To and the destiny is for always other people. Why sometimes I feel like we fail even in the church is because Ephesians 4, 11 to 16. And it talks about that, all these people that God raised, the graces he gave, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, were to equip the people for the work of ministry. So actually the ministry and the assignment is, is the people. The purpose of the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher is to draw out that assignment, to guide that assignment, and also to mold and to shape that assignment. But the actual assignment and the work of ministry is to the people. Um, so when we don't do that, we... we we rob the world of that person. But I think there's so many people um, either going with the flow or it's giving them an excuse also to not fulfill the purpose of which God called them to do. Um, there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of, hey, you know what, if, we don't, if it ain't broke, don't fix, don't fix it. Why do we have to fix it? But something in you, because I'm thinking complacency enters somewhere. Maybe when you try so many times, in both areas, whether you're in the marketplace or in the in the church space, when you try so much, you're like, ah, it's okay, it's never that serious. Let's just go with the flow. You know, I'm okay, my life is okay. But I think what what nags and tags at people is that you know there is more that you're supposed to do. You know there is more. You, you don't have peace, total peace. We really checked uh, because you know something is is missing but i'm thinking of myself but i want other people to speak it's like but to break free because as i as i said that i felt to break free like for me i felt i broke free from that mode uh it takes a lot it takes a lot to to break free from that mode of to have honor for the father and what they are doing but to say i have a calling i have a purpose and i've got to go out there 
and execute it and then to execute it on behalf of others when i look at my life now the number of people who have been impacted by the ministry and the calling on my life are, are very many you know whether we're in agreement or not that's not it the thing is that i think even for me i can I'm, i can say even my haters know at least they know there's a ministry they know there's an anointing they know there's a gift they've experienced something even if they're not in complete agreement with me so what if i didn't break free but it always makes me sad that i think there's so many people sitting in our in our offices in our communities in our in the pews who are just refused to 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 break that mold and it's a funny that you said curtail for me the church would be castrate we have fathers who are castrating sons so they don't fulfill the destiny and the purpose for which god created them created them so mm. wow and mm. that is so so powerful because you know castration actually kills the ability to reproduce yes. yeah yes. it stops that so it means you can still exist you can grow and it's funny for dogs that they grow bigger mm. <laughs> so you can you can yeah. just continue growing 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 but, but it's just you and it ends with you mm. and and earlier when we were talking uh, in the in the first podcast when we were saying that uh, father notices notices and brings out and then when you castrate or you you curtail then it means that now people also uh, carry on as a, a gene of um, a defective gene of um, that this noticing is actually for evil you're noticing me to take advantage of me to cut me short so it's like now you start rejecting that fatherhood you start rejecting even the idea of being fathered george no that's that's very true about you know cutting the 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 ability to reproduce and that's what we're called you know pastor angie said that according to ephesians for you it's about people the vision is always about the people but the challenge is you know that conforming you can call it a spirit of religion is that people are looking at fatherhood as a place of power how do i establish my power how do i extend my power it's about numbers now if i have a church of 10,000 or whatever it's not necessarily about the impact at the individual level but the mass level impact so that it then translates to my reach which is which is a big challenge because then it defeats the purpose but that's the the mindset that then all decisions are made based on that mindset it can either be a mindset of the individual or looking at the numbers that's so funny for me i'm just remembering one place where i had it was done well and that's why i jumped because that's exactly what happened um i think also the, the the fathers are afraid of the sons so because you haven't raised them well and because you've castrated them you don't know whether they're going to look after you so the the one place one testimony i heard it was in american church where the father successfully handed over the the church to the sons is they really took care of him i mean they really they put in an allowance i was amazed about the things they thought about they put it gave him allowance for his flights business class flights they gave him a home they gave him a a a substantial allowance they gave him access so the actual son took care of the father and i don't know when you spoke i thought is it that the fathers are afraid that when the sons take a position of authority they will not be featuring anywhere so you because you it's like you're protecting your space you're protecting your space therefore you even when you maybe insert someone into authority so that they can protect you so i just f- had a feeling like it's a trust issue shake no you know the when you're talking about space the the image i got was where fathers who don't get it think it's all about their seat eh? whereas what they should be thinking about is that it's about the stage yeah 
that if you're a real father what you're trying to protect is the stage and so your son will be on that stage after you and his son or daughter will be on the stage after him uh, but if all you can think about is your seat then you're blinded and anyone who is talking about the stage is, becomes an enemy whether it's your son biological or your whoever it is that's coming up coming up after you you start looking at them sideways and all they're trying to tell you is this ministry that is a stage has to continue but you can't think continue you can't think continuity all you're thinking about is it's like a manager you know you will know that i'm the manager because i'll go even with the keys to the toilet where i'll even go with the keys to the toilet so that you can call me when i'm when i'm not here that's not that's not managing that's not that's not being a father a father is things were so perfect when you were gone you know like you uh, no one missed you that's fatherhood because mm. you left people who are so capable and you see it yeah. comes to is i passed on to doctors as well you just triggered something in me like i remember once um my then spiritual father that time one day asked me um can you disappear for six weeks yeah. and you know it's very hard when fathers speak do you know i disappeared for exactly six weeks but there was uh both uh uh i felt affirmed and also disappointed in my own self because how was i waiting for the phone to ring in those six weeks it oh, never yeah. ran so that should have been a good thing it's a good thing that the phone never ran because you've raised me but i was so sad i was like yeah this book cannot need me like that i was so like wow so i had a a 50 50 uh, reaction but that's a good thing you must be able to go away and let things run you know you can't hold on to anything and you're talking about the manager and the toilet but there are some people who they won't even go and leave in some offices because they know exactly what they're doing the kind of control games and mechanisms they're playing there that they, they can't disappear they have to stay there because they're controlling um vested interests that we have no idea about and it's so sad because you know i think one of the things that when a father becomes like that they don't also understand that they're curtailing themselves because i think fatherhood is also a very apostolic calling and so you'll notice um when when fathers take their position it's like they open doors for their sons and then also the sons get to do things that the father cannot do for example yes because you'll find like if i look at someone like paul he had sons all over in the churches that he used to address. So he could send, he could easily send, you go do this, you go do that. He could multiply himself. But outside of that, it's very hard to do, to grow and expand without those hands, you know, without those arrows that you can shoot and say, go do this, go do that. Or even continuity, because if you look at David and Solomon, David was able to fight off um, the enemies of Israel and now Solomon could build. So... What Solomon did was dependent on what the father left behind. So you find that if the father if if the father is blinded to the fact that they need to do this, then they curtail that growth, that expansion, that continuity, and it even affects them in as much as it affects the son because it's a it's a symbiotic sort of relationship. And and you know, it's interesting that even um, when people think about generational uh, Curses, I would say. Um, they say the sins of the father. <laughs> it's never anyone else. It's the sins of the father. And you know, sins is just a departure from what they were supposed to do. It doesn't necessarily even mean that you probably did something wrong. It's just that you didn't do something. And then that becomes a burden. And then it brings around iniquity, which is generations are dealing with things that um, they had no say uh, about in the first place. And no, when I think about it from a marketplace perspective, 
I just think that um, organizations rise and fall based on their their, their leadership. Mm-hmm. And anytime there is a scandal in an organization, something happens even to uh, their profitability. Mm-hmm. Uh, something happens. Uh, people might say that oh it's the investors they pulled away their stock no it's not that it's yeah it's, it's because of that it's it's the leadership you you are reacting to the leadership and just if that is what the world can do uh, in terms of organizational leadership imagine how much more the stakes are for something like spiritual because th- those are things you won't see on the stock market we don't have an index for spirituality <laughs> so imagine what you actually pull away just because of missing it um it's interesting you talk about scandals and and things like that <clears throat> there's a there's a pastor who says he he leads organizations in terms of leadership um strategy things like that consultation and he's also a pastor and he says how the local church is a hope of the world and how true that is you know sometimes we think oh business will build the economy and everyone will be fine or the political political class will get it its act together and africa will be saved but it's a church because that's where you go and things that money can't solve political handshakes can't re, re, you know can't fix that's where you go and you're fixed as a you are sorted as a whole person so you can imagine how tainted something or contaminated society would be if you contaminate the church and contaminate it at a leadership level because we because we're always looking to god mm. then we're always looking to spiritual leadership yeah and if you can't contaminate spiritual leadership then i don't know we let's close the shop and go home that's so sad yeah it's really sad but it's true and we have contaminated yeah, spiritual spiritual the spiritual but i think it's everywhere and you say and it it sets it sets the temperature doesn't it the, the church sets the temperature in everything and it also makes sense because in isaiah 2 it says verse 2 to 3 that that everyone should be coming to the house of the lord to get instructions that says the law should go out from there it's the chief amongst the mountains you know so it's actually amazing is that we have to get it right and then i'm thinking also that's the place where the spiritual dna is fixed so the dna the inherent dna of who you are when you're a christian yes now makes you when you go out there into the marketplace you do things yeah. differently because yeah. you have you've met yeah. god you have a relationship with god yeah. so there should be something that's coming out differently mm-hmm. and even as you say that i was thinking how we need to connect spiritual leadership to or and leadership and the way the country is functioning to family yeah you see that's why the family is the strongest unit in society yeah. and when that unit is strong it then forms a very amazing society it forms a, a society which is complete which is functioning which is moving forward but it's still leadership isn't it because the family has to have a certain kind of leadership functioning in a certain way and then submitted to an a leader now if you're christian who is jesus christ and that's what is causing the change in behavior it's like i remember one of the leaders used to say we can change all the we can change all the infrastructure in kenya or even in africa but if we don't change the software which is the people 
then there's nothing we're doing. We, we will just, the problem will keep going. So actually it's amazing that the solution comes back to the church. And before I hand over, I was just thinking of some, somebody else who's also a pastor, but in leadership says, and I think it's John Maxwell who says, leadership is about knowing the way, going the way and showing the way. I think that is so powerful. Not only do you know, yeah. but you have to go, yeah. which is what you want to talk about modeling. Yeah. Then you have to show. That is the mentor and the coaching yeah. element of yep. being a leader. And it's, and it's true, and we talked about in the other uh, podcast about how do you learn how to be a father when you've never seen it. Mm. I think the church is one of those places that if it's modeled correctly in the church, mm. even for the people who don't see it at their home, there's something else. Mm. It's yeah. a way of, you know, the church is meant to be the light yeah. that people are attracted to, to mm. see the way things are meant to be done. Mm. So if it's broken at the church, mm. then... It sort of mocks everything else. They'll say, ah, those guys don't know what they're talking about. Look what's happening there. So I think it has to be, a, it has to be at the start of where fatherhood is modeled, right? Because mm-hmm. the whole faith is based on God the Father mm-hmm. and Christ his Son. And that mm-hmm. God is trying to understand that relationship between That's a true. father and a son. And they say that your relationship with your father will probably model your relationship you'll have with God. So the church has that core role to play just in terms of they have to get that fundamental understanding of what it means to be a father and what it also means to be a son because a lot of us don't know how to be sons as well, which is another topic by itself. But I, I sense the church has to, it has to be a place that is the light for other people who don't have that, that, that example. And maybe that's why when it's not done, then it affects the whole nation. Because we're not getting fatherhood right in the, in the church. Therefore, it's just uh, spilling down, trickling down, cascading, is that what they call it, yeah. to everybody else because we're not getting it right. My, my question is, <coughs> sorry, is there a connection then to, like even the, like even the political system we have? <laughs> no, because think about it. A church, listen, listen, listen. The kanisa, listen, listen. So the kanisa should be functioning, right? Fathers, male fathers should be connected. Should be in the ministry of the church inside. You should, we should be opening the church on Sunday and closing it, figuratively anyway, uh, or symbolically. You know, or but or literally, but we should mm-hmm. we our children should see us mm-hmm. serving in church. Mm-hmm. That thing does something. Exactly. I think because of democracy and everyone has an opinion, and I'm I have a right to my opinion, and and um, being liberal, sometimes we think like you can go away from morals or conservatism as a society and still be centered, you know. And there's a place that I think it breaks down Mm. where you say, (coughs) what's what's the moral compass of our society? And if we start losing that, and who sets it? And who sets the moral compass? And if we can't even, we don't even know where the compass is. I mean, we're dealing with corruption in this country. Yeah. What? That's a result of what? It's a, it's a morality issue. It's not even economic. It's this thing, I'm going to do it because I feel, you know, that's a morality issue. Yeah. And you know, I've just remembered that even there's a book called... Uh, um, 
our turn yeah, it's our it's our, it's our, our turn, turn to eat, eat. Yeah. and you know in as much as that book is well meaning yeah. just the title alone <laughs> the title alone just says uh there is a people who are in expectation that you have eaten it's it's now our turn to eat and then unfortunately that's the the gene you are passing and there's something i think it's you shege who's previously said it that you know there there's no neutral ground it's either black or white there's no gray area influence or yeah influence. yeah influence or be influenced so if there's no gray area it means that even in our leadership um the way we try to be very wishy-washy it's like uh, we want to be we want to fit in and the one thing i've learned about just fatherhood in general is that it's not about popular opinion like even when you think about our our fathers um it was never about a popular opinion it's about it's not about the children it's not about your popular opinion it's not a vote it's not about democracy and and it's because when they say what they say they have they have the backing and i know god honors that uh honors the the order that he has given you know he has given uh the father even when he says honor the father it's not uh because of what they do it's because if you honor the father i have honored the father and he will always honor that that order and brings every bring everything to alignment and because um he's the covering and if we are to follow what george has said um uh, the molding of uh, god the father and, and also jesus christ as his son we see that every time i mean there's no time that jesus just uh, decided I am also God so let me show let me show you what I can do. He always first submitted back to him fully. He would look up before doing anything and he would always submit himself back to God. So it means that even our own leadership needs to be submitted to something because that's the other thing we see. It's leaders are self-made. Uh I am submitted to no one, submitted to no, one no accountability. Yeah. Who are you? To who, yeah, who are you to question? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Which is not supposed to be because even accountability by its own definition, yeah, it's split into counting for your own ability. You account for the ability you've been given. So, um accountability is not something that is less than it's actually just taking stock and showing account because even the kingdom of God is not about waste. You have to account for what you've been given. But there are so many men who will not be accountable. Isn't that half the problem? And I'm seeing, okay, let me even say men and leaders. It's also another phenomenon that I've seen in this nation as well, where if you become wealthy, even the parent who brought you up, you stop being accountable to them. Yes. And it is the child who has the most money who speaks. So it's the it's the it's this it's whoever has the money speaks. It's so sad because you see your parents are still your parents. When did they stop being? your parents they don't stop being your parents they're your parents yeah. so so just because you have money how can money take authority over a relationship that god has ordained even you know yeah. but when i when you said that i'm thinking very few men have ac- accountable to who they're not accountable to anyone they've made it themselves also they think but the problem is that it can also that the, that that your self midmers can really be shocked by god coming and taking it all away you know but so there's no accountability so i'm 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 the I'm the king of my empire. There's no one above me to question me. No one even sideways horizontally my peers cannot question me. I definitely cannot be questioned by those who are under me yeah. as far as I'm concerned. So there's no accountability, but it's because of this phenomenon. I think it's going back. I'm trying to tie it to money as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going back to money. We're going back to where's our benchmark? Yeah. 
I think the Bible says, honor your father and mother, um, it and it shall be well with you. But the whole idea was not, right now we should re-script it. Honor your father and mother if you have money or they have money, you know? I mean, it's ridiculous. Where did money come into the equation of honor? Where did the, where did the money come into the equation of honor? When people get money, you stop respecting your wife. Maybe you and your spouse, you are together, you are, you are, you are charging, you are channeling something, you are working through this. Then one of you breaks through, I'll say both the man and the woman, one of you breaks through and you treat the other one like they're not important because of money. Then you've taken it to our children. We have a competitive society. Each child is trying to outdo the other because that's what will honor. Even reminds me of how I don't know some some children bring home gifts and you're like, hmm? you are able to buy me this car. Where did this money? No, there's no explanation. Hey, joy is coming. The car. and then a side unit for the village. How does the village have to know? Every child has to go. Whatever this child did to go get this car, even you go and do. Yes, and come back. So we don't question. Still fatherhood. Fathers, we need to arise and question. That's actually very true. Yes. I don't even want to know. And it goes back to the church. Okay, Aya, you've given us, you've written us a check. You've given us cash and we've ah, counted it. You've said that one. Yeah. You've brought money. See, you can go there. Yeah. See, are we talking about Kenya? Are we talking about another country? Um, you have brought money in a sack. That is it. In a suitcase. Questionable. And we know we, we are not, we are not children we've been leading the church for a while yeah so we are in society isn't it mm-hmm. this money is accounting to x amount why how is it that the church won't say because we can't account for this money we'd rather not receive it what church is this that christ built and where did it go where he was flogging people. Us now we are saying, wow, 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 now this, now crash. Now we can build the crash. And <laughs> as we are building the crash, yeah. the pastor can also get... <laughs> can also get what? Something, then, something, something. Okay. Something I said to God, I think when God looks at us, wait, how did we get here? Then that person is unquestionable. It doesn't matter what that person does. Yeah. It doesn't, you talked about a moral compass? We don't care. As long as they, they are bringing in the money. So I think what happened is our focus shifted from from God and Christ and his ways and his culture to our ways. That's why Romans 12, I think, comes into play. Do not conform to the ways of this world. We've conformed. The the world worships money. And I'm sure if we did a survey, you would tell us we don't worship money. But if we put in some practical aspects, like how do you question the biggest tither, the biggest giver, the biggest... Are you able to address this person's... Uh, moral issues, spiritual issues, heart issues. Yeah. Uh, but because you're being like, hey, wait, that guy brings the biggest check. Next week's do you have what? I have what? Yeah. And, but we've got, that's where we've got to stop. We've yeah. got to stop. Speaking slots and chairs at the front. Mm. And those chairs at the front. Okay. Yeah. Shiggy, why are you getting the, to me? The, stop. the leather ones. Yeah. Why are they different from every other chair, first of all? Please. No, that's ah. <laughs> 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 for it. Yeah. They pay for the chair. And you know the seed produces after it. The fruit, the fruit, sounds, yeah. So we are always, uh, we are surprised when it happens. But the fact of the matter is, they say the state is a reflection of the church yes, of for a very long time. Yeah. So if we are to question anything going on in the state, yeah. we have to question First what is going church, on in the church. Yeah. But then I think the problem is, no one in the church wants to question, and no one in the church wants to be questioned. Yeah. 
So how do we break through that? Because for us to enjoy what what we are calling for, there have there has to be changes, and I think it's about time that even leaders agreed to addressing the issue. First of all, like for me, I think, and I don't even consider what I do church, yeah, but I do yeah. consider church if the description is in the book of Acts. Yeah. But first of all, like for with modeling, so I have a very small audience, they, like maybe on a, on, a, on a Monday, but it's where I sit, yeah, I sit in the middle of the people. I don't have a different chair from the chair is the same. Let me tell you the day. I put a different chair. Come and look for me. The, the chair, the chair is the same. Please don't even call it that. The chair is the same. So I think number one is modeling. One solution is to model and to be different. Um, I had another one, but it seems to have escaped me. But we have to model and we have to be different. Um, that's the only way we can do it. We, we have to be the people who take the action. Or oh, I was going to say also question. Question why we do what we do. So I think everybody needs to go back and say, don't take this attack. What do we do? Why do? Why do we sit on those seats? Why, why? And then maybe even explain to people, because people don't know, maybe they aspire to sit on those seats, maybe they don't know. So maybe explain to people why we do what we do. And I was going to say the other thing, I think, for us now, where it's a very critical moment, I think, in the church where we need to involve everyone, not even for the nation. So I think it's about, if you want to be that open, it's forming, I'm always saying think tanks, within the church to identify why we do what we do, how could we do things differently, how do we get people more more accepted what's the, what are the actual people thinking yeah. um if we want to know yeah. you know and get that done and probably even get it done anony- anon- anonymously yeah. and just begin to see what is it and what is brewing and what is bubbling within our congregation so that we can i almost feel like write a different narrative yeah. and tell a different story and do this leadership thing fatherhood thing differently yeah, yeah and maybe identify where people are hurting I mean, my solution is to abolish money. Abolish money? Yeah. Wow. So we go to what? So Bitcoin? Do I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Libra. Libra. Facebook will own us. All of us. But. Abolish money. And, and, I, and I say that almost in jest. But what I mean is find solutions, however drastic they may be, to address your issue. You know, if you are. Money issues. If you have a, yeah, just social issues. If you have a cancerous leg. And it has spread to your knee. Cut off. That's what the Bible says. Cut off your eye. Cut off your whatever. Remove your eye. Pluck out your eye. It's better to be in heaven with one eye. So on and so forth. But the idea is, don't. You can't serve both Mammon and God. And Mammon is no. What's a money? This spirit, spirit. This spirit thing is no joke. Where people are killing parents because of money. Oh. Where the man of God is saying, "You man of man, come and tell us about your political." things on stage an altar in front of the congregation that's that's madness you know and the anglican church recently said enough and then i I think the head you know and then i saw i think someone contravening but the church we the church has to go back to the church and we have to go back to the church and you see the church when you talk about the church when i see you say the church the church is the book of acts yeah it says it's a place where people gathered for apostolic teaching. Yeah. They, so it was fellowship. Yeah. They gathered to hear teaching, yeah. apostolic teaching. Yeah. They prayed. Yeah. They praised. Yeah. They broke bread. They had communion. And they met each other's needs. That's what church is. Yeah. Let's go back to that. Yeah. Let's, and that's what I mean. Let's go back to that. 
now what does that mean and maybe challenging the fathers and the leaders yeah. to let god provide for them that's true when you say let's get rid of money yeah. it's let's let's not be motivated by money let God provide. Because even when you read the word of God, yeah. and I'm always, this is the argument I always have. Yeah. No one was poor in the Bible, except the guy in Ecclesiastics. The guy who scares me. The guy who, he gave a solution that saved the whole city, but they ignored him because he was poor. That guy scares me. That, that says a lot. But the thing is, we have to go back to, so everyone in the Bible was not poor. There's no one I, I, I saw who was poor. God blessed the people that he raised every single time. Yep. Every, all of them were wealthy. You know, I always think of it. Maybe it's not the wrong, it's the wrong place, but it's okay. It dropped in my spirid like King Exes. It was called King Exes. He had a party for 188 days. The hang was 180 days to show how wealthy. And we're not playing games here. 180 day hang. Food, and we can drink, yeah, we can. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like a half, more than a half a year. Hey, of serious, <laughs> serious eating, banqueting, <laughs> sleeping. It was crazy. Six months. Six months of national. <laughs> so there was no one who wealth was there, opulence was there. When you th- when you read about the beauty of the churches and the places they built, nobody was building with, with hey, wood and timber. Hey, it was gold and, and even if the wood was there it was overlaid with gold and God had raised people to be able to to build hey the, these things were beautiful so that's what I mean I so we've got to go back to that God yeah I think that and that's a perfect way of describing my thought is when I say get rid of money don't let it master you yes and at the expense of your relationship with God because God can take care of you without money but when you exalt money, then God is like, okay, you guys, mm. have at it. And then now you have what you have. And it's so amazing because we were having a conversation on money um, in one of the PLF classes. Ooh. And, um, you know, the funny what thing about uh, oh, Purpose and Leadership Forum. <laughs> and uh, the, the thing about money that we narrowed down to is that what, what do you want the money for? You know, there's no place where um, God gave people money to hold. Yes. It was always money to flow to other people or to do something. And how we have interpreted money is the zeros in our bank accounts, which is a very worldly way of looking at money because money should accomplish something. You can't just have three billion in your account and you're moving left, right, center. I have a lot of money. What is it doing? It gives you authority. It gives you authority. I always tell somebody, if you just try to walk around for one day without your wallet, your credit card, your debit card with no money, just do one day, 24 hours, just so that we stop blaming those guys who have got three billion. You yourself, just take it upon yourself. Let's do an exercise, practical exercise. Walk around with no money, no impressor. I'm trying to think of all avenues. <laughs> no finances. Just you walk around, spend a day without it. It's so crazy because you know that's how you know money is a spirit. It yeah. empowers us. The more money you have in your pocket, the more money you have in your account, you feel important. So volume. just see how that... Yeah, even the volume increases. <laughs> Everything increases. So it will be important to see yeah. just without it. Because even before we, we negate that guy who has the three yeah. billion, lessons are learned... It's more steps. It's actually, it's actually a spirit. 
It's a spirit. It's a spirit. Don't give, you want to give my famous spirit? Story? It's a spirit. My spirit story. Please. I always give that story. Just, you know, just give us a story. You know my famous spirit story. How to know money is a spirit yeah. is if somebody gives you a hundred million dollars <laughs> in cash. Yeah. Hundred million dollars yeah. in cash. Currency. Cash, Kwanza. <laughs> Let me tell you. Yeah. Keep that for me in your house yeah. until tomorrow. Watch are confused. Yeah. Let me tell you, getting to that house. Yeah. First of all, <laughs> everyone is suspicious yeah. who is following me. Yeah. Let me tell you, getting that house. How you know money is a spirit? Yeah. Will you sleep? No. Sleep. I don't want to explain. You no, know, I'd love. I can make movies. Yeah. I like to explain the drama. Behind, yes, you yeah. can only sleep if you sleep on the money. Yeah. It just go under the bed. Yeah. See, I don't know why it goes under the bed. Yeah. Then every sound yeah, yeah, yeah. that you will not sleep. No, first you're interceding. Yeah. If you're a Christian, you're interceding. If a cat jumps outside, that's it. If any pony knocks your door, who usually probably knocks your door at that time? Ma? They have come for us. Yeah, they have come. <laughs> so waiting. Yeah. No, and you've just been told to handle it for somebody for, for just this day. I'm picking it tomorrow. Yeah. That 24 hours. What a 24. We need to get to that 24. Let me tell you what will happen in that 24 hours. There's nothing you won't remember. That's how you know it's a spirit. And I can say 100 million is a lot. I can say 1 million shillings. Just something very simple. It will give you no peace. You have to understand where you're going to hide it. Where am I going to put it? But the drama is excess. And then the money sits there. You, no peace, no sleep, no rest. And when they come, you'll take, take this your money. Because it's a, that's how you know it's a spirit. No, it's, it is. And I think the other thing, just to add on money, it's a tool. As a spirit, and it's a tool. It should be a tool in the sense that, in itself, it has no value. It's what you use it for. Yeah. Right? That's why the value is created, and it's and it's worth. And it's and you know, the Bible doesn't say that money is the root of all evil. No, it it's the love. Mm. It's when you make it an idol, and it is then what dictates how you make your decisions. And again, you know, connecting it back to Father. Sometimes, if no one has taught you about money. If no one has given you advice about money, it's, it's you know, they talk about in America a lot of these young sports, uh, sportsmen who come into a lot of money at a very young age, at 18. And it's for a six, seven-year period. That a lot of them are destroyed and they're a lot worse. Or even the stories you hear about the people who win the lottery. That you know, the gift you think it is can be a, a biggest curse because of just not being taught what to do, how to use it, you know, how to steward the money. Because it's a resource like anything. It's like a talent. Some people have a talent of singing or whatever talent it is. It's, it's meant to be for a greater good. So, again, fatherhood can give you that, that leadership because a lot of us, if we were told a million or a billion shillings today, we'd be so confused. We wouldn't know what to do, right? Oh, it would cause us a lot of frustration. Even if we were trying to be good people, we'd still be like... What do I do with a billion? Where do I keep it? Is it kept in a bank? So to have people to, to show you this, this is why another reason why fatherhood, for, for money, but for all types of resources, you yeah. need a father to help, to guide you on how best to steward and to teach you how to, how to steward as well. And even when you're talking about uh, money as a tool, the analogy that was used is that, uh, you, know, if you, you know, it's like, um, it's like what? It's like a jembe. Yeah. What is a jembe in, uh, in English? <laughs> it's like a hoe. It's like a hoe, eh? H-O-E. Um, and it's like uh, storing up a lot of jembes in a place. <laughs> because that's what we do, eh? <laughs> so we don't put it to use, but you're just 
so but stock piling them but you can see them but i can see them but i'm happy that i have so many tools in the shed uh so exactly exactly so it's like it's like you just have you you're 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 in love with the idea that that i have potential to do a lot but i'm not doing it but do you understand i have potential to do a lot it's like that is even when you say that that's the authority it gives us it's like it's we are in love with that idea of do you understand what i can do if i decide to do it and do you do know that i have money and i think we i think we've really glorified money i think that's what we've done because if you think about the essence of it um one of the reasons i one of the things that banking did for me is that it demystified that because i came to notice on a conversation around a table there gets to some levels where money is never put on the table so you'll find people are having a discussion you'll find that when it gets to discussions uh, about money like say if it's a project let's say it's a it's a housing project you will not find the the stakeholders you'll not find billions on the table the project would be worth a billion but never will you find a billion on the table the currencies that people actually interact with are very minimal so you begin to understand it's not about the money it's the value it's the values that people bring to the table what kind of discussion are we having it's the kind yeah how are we treating each other are we are we rushing each other rushing in kizungu is rushing in english is are we undercutting, undercutting each other are we doing business honorably so the, the the conversation when it gets to a certain threshold for money it changes and that's where also the 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 disorientation comes in when if you have a billion shillings if you don't have purpose for that billion yeah. then it loses meaning and it's so funny when you say that because now we're in this school and we're talking about fatherhood and leadership but it's all fatherhood leadership and money there's something that has been nagging at me for a while now is is a let's say in a generation um one person is blessed let's say even in your own family i just keep hearing this question are we misusing the finances of that generation so let's see your 10 siblings and two of you have been financially blessed are you misusing by having the jembes or having the hose having having tools in a in a in a, in a shed by not enabling the other people within your own family to also gain and grow wealth and it's been really nagging because there has to be a shift in conversation and perspective you can't have 3 billion even if you don't have 3 billion you can't have resources in your bank account and there are even members of your own family that are ailing or you're not helping or they're suffering mm-hmm. or they they don't have a way out there's no door you're the door and you're, you're not and you're not opening the door you're just happy that you're the the kingpin I'm telling you as a people we need to go on retreat and just do one one how to be human beings I, I think the image about money is if you use that analogy of the jembe it's like people you know uh, we've been socialized to run after money see it's always about the money so picture yourself running after jembe you know it's it's crazy it's it's yeah because you're running after this too And then the jembe, so I don't even know how we got there. And I know Mutoja tell us why now. Watch how stupid I want even more stupider. And you're running after the jembe and ignoring your own children. Your children are there, they are suffering, but you and the jembe focus. 
a strategy. Bumper to bumper is a jab, and your own kids are suffering. No, you're saying I'm running because of my children. Ah. <laughs> It's for their benefit. So they're there right now, but no, I don't want to be with you. Let me let me run. Let me run for this, you know. And it's and it's about value. I remember Bishop once said that if you look at even like Bishop T D Jakes about you know what we how we use the resource of or the tool of money is like you know you worked a whole day and you went and you know bought a phone or bought so you say you know it gives you a proper valuation of it. It's not just money on how you use it it gives you a cognizant to say okay that car that i want to buy it's half a year's work worth of salary is it, is it worth it yeah. you know so just to give you that valuation again this is what a father is to give you perspective because a lot of people their first checks they go buy everything yeah. and then there's a, a rainy day the next day and they're completely finished because that lack of perspective and I sense that's, again, a key role of our father for money and all resources mm. to show, to be taught how to, how to steward. Mm. Wow. So um, we are almost <laughs> winding up. This one, I think you need final remarks. Hey, this one, you need final remarks. I want to start with Shaggy because I feel like your, <laughs> <laughs> your final remark might take us to another podcast. <laughs> no, but um, thank you, Motua. Um, you know who said who said we need this system who said who said we need a, a system where we we are given pieces of paper then in the morning we go and work for someone and for 30 days then we are given pieces of paper and then we go give those pieces of paper to someone else so they can give us bread I mean it sounds silly when we talk like that but I feel like we need to say what system governs us you know and until we do that i feel like we are living we are like hamsters mm. yeah in a, wheel. in a wheel just running running we've been socialized to think that this is the only way to do it schools for standard one pupils is like 120 per term for example that's ruining people it's ruining families. You have two kids. You're paying quarter of a million every three months for school. You haven't eaten, you know, food in Nairobi. I don't know, costs an arm and a leg for whatever reason, you know. So I'm asking, is this the best system for the most people? And it sounds like I'm saying it in fun, but we, we need to check the way we run our economy. Um, there are too many people who are suffering too much and too few people who have too much. Uh, and we need, to, we need to figure it out because then we have tied everything around money, identity, mm. politics, this thing we are calling church, this thing we are calling fatherhood. If your father has no money, then he's useless. <clears throat> what is provision apart from money? You know, can I provide something that's not money and it still be as valuable? Yeah. So um, I think the sad thing with what you've just said is um, then the father leadership role, we've turned it into money as well. Yeah. So you can't speak to me unless you have the money. Yeah. Even if you gained it yeah. illegally and by corrupt means. So I think what you're trying, what you're saying is, and, and I was just thinking there are always people that break away from society, break away from the way society does things. They, you can get stuck there, but I think that's a very interesting question. Like who... Well, but we know that the system that govern us, governs us 
as Christians is the kingdom of God. So maybe that's another investigation we need to go there. But also, there's no investigation. God said money is a tool. He said you can ha- not, not have uh, two masters. It's the only thing that God has been compared to. It's either God or money. So we need to get the God thing on, get it right, then we'll know how to to channel this money, treat this money, use this money as a tool and for which tool. Mm. I think for me, I'd like to speak to the son, the person being fathered. Let's, as a son or someone being fathered or mentored or being spoken into, allow yourself that, because it's a privilege, it's not a right, uh, because there are people who'd never get it. So allow yourself that that uh, privilege of being mentored because the truth of the matter is you don't know everything and you don't know you don't know until you know that you don't know so just allow that process of mentorship and just receive it you know and learn 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 um learn everything learn the good learn the bad learn the ugly learn Sorry, I just wanted to say, Dorcas, you know, it just brought mind the picture of when I went to for a prison visit and found these prison, these girls, and they were very young, um, under the age of 25. And I just kept wondering, when you talk about fatherhood, somebody, somebody missed the fatherhood. They, they missed a step in the process. But also that step in the process, it could be that even they, maybe there were people who were trying to tell them what to do and what is right, but they didn't listen. So it actually comes on both ways. But I'm just thinking, getting the father... The fatherhood role, right, mentor, coach, whatever you want to call them, can save you a lot of, of trouble. And this is trouble of prison. You know, I just felt so bad when I went there because I was like, there was such a finality that this is... And then they tell me they're there for life. I'm like, I, I, I was defeated at that point. And I had said I wouldn't cry, but that's the point I cried. It's like, it's final. It's over. It's a wrap. Just, I wish you had listened to somebody um, so that you didn't have to end up here. Like, and I think for me, my final word connected to Dorcas is that role of submission. Mm. If you're in a place where no one has submitted, there will be challenges. It, you, for you to, to advance, there has to be submit. You don't know everything. There are people who have gone ahead of you. Doesn't necessarily mean you have to agree with everything that they say, but there has to be an, a level of submission for that to be fatherhood. Oh. Um, and for me, as I bring this to a close, I just think fatherhood is the place uh, of uh, either surviving or thriving, you know. Um, it brings us to, because I mean, you can be born and you can just live out your life uh, eating wild berries and, <laughs> and <you> just <laughs> by the grace of God. Huh? But I think fatherhood is where now you start actually coming into yourself. You come into being you. I think my message for you um, as someone in the marketplace, as a biological father, as someone who has anyone under your charge, um, be it in church, in the marketplace, in a country, maybe um, a political leader is listening to this, is just to be very cognizant uh, of the responsibility that is there. And even just um, in our first podcast, we said that fathers love to be prodded. Um, Open up the space for people to access you so that they can actually prod you and search your heart and search your meaning so that you can be accountable for the ability that you've been given by God because all authority comes from God. 
Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's another episode of the Just Angie podcast. Always evolving conversations. How we start is not necessarily how we finish, but it's all for the edification and the, the growth of the church, and also for you as our listeners. And also, we learn as we go on. So until the next podcast, we say goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.